as we get into this word today, we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. That's 1 Kings 17, beginning at verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 7 today. This is what the word of God says. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook. Notice God said, And go hide by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, as we get ready for this word, we're going to preach on being in position for provision. Let's pray. Father, bless this word. Help us to just understand what it means to be provided for. When you say, Lord, that you care for us, that you have a plan for us. And when you say not to worry about our lives or anything in our lives, when you say not to be anxious, when you say that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches. Father, sometimes it's hard to believe that. But we know we must because your word never fails. So Father, help us today to understand this. Be with anyone today that needs this word. And help me preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. As we get into this word this morning, being in position for provision. Let me give you a little backdrop of what's happening here. But God told Elijah, there's going to be no rain for years. And for years, there was no water. There was no rain. And when you had a severe drought, it meant there was no harvesting. So therefore, not only did you have no water, but you had no food. And because you had no water, no food, it meant that no one was working. No one was buying anything. It meant that things were in chaos. In fact, the Bible records that the famines often got so bad that inflation actually happened and everything got expensive. Can we relate to that this morning? So they were in crisis and there was no work, there was no food, there was no money, there was no provision, no water, and everyone in the land, well, they were a little bit stressed out. But what I find interesting about this passage is that Elijah, well, he found peace. Elijah found comfort. Elijah found rest because the Lord provided for him. The Lord gave him what he needed. Elijah got water, food, and shelter. The three most common necessities of any human being is water, food, and shelter. And even though everyone was struggling, even though everyone was in a famine like Elijah, God said, Elijah, don't you worry like everyone else. Don't you stress like everyone else. I'm going to take care of you. Aren't you grateful for a God that says, I will care for you. I will watch out for you. I will provide for you. And God took care of Elijah. And maybe you're in that place this morning that you're saying, well, pastor, it feels like my life is in chaos. And I have all these necessities in my life and I have bills I got to pay and I have rent that's due and I don't know how I'm going to put food on the table right now. But if you're a child of God, you have nothing to worry about. You see, the Lord is not limited or restricted by circumstances. The Lord is not limited by what's happening in the world. 
The Lord can still do miracles. The Lord can still provide. The the Lord can still accomplish his will in spite of what's happening in the surroundings. It doesn't matter who's president. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. It doesn't matter what war you're in. It doesn't matter how high gases are. It doesn't matter about the quarter GP numbers going up and inflation's going up and everything's going expensive and what are we going to do? And the treasury says this and the Fed says this. You are a child of Almighty God. So you have nothing to worry about. David found this out in his own life. King David, who fought wars and went through battles and was betrayed and fought giants, he wrote this in Psalm chapter 37, verse 25. Brace yourself, I feel like preaching this morning. He said this, once I was young and now I'm old. Amen? Amen. Some of you say, I know that. Once I was young, now I'm old. Yet, I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. Listen, God says through David, I will never abandon you. And my children never beg for bread. And in the Bible, bread represented your daily needs. That's why the Bible said, pray for your daily bread. God says, I will meet the needs daily of all my children. And I will not abandon you. Even when it makes no sense. Even when things are difficult. God says, if you are my child, I will not abandon you. I will meet your daily needs. And Elijah was living in a time of chaos, I believe, just like we're living in a time of chaos. We're living in a time of chaos in our world. We're living in a time of chaos in our country. And everyone is saying we have no money. It's sad. I did groceries yesterday, and we we have to pick and choose, and we have to, okay, we don't need that, but we need that. that. That's how hard things are for people now. It's expensive. I'm eating generic cereal. It's true. <laughs> You're like, pray for him, child. Yeah. And I told Jerrica this morning, I don't know if that is because we're broke, or I've convinced myself that this cereal tastes actually pretty good. But things are expensive. I believe that today we're in the highest level of financial stress and emotional stress we've ever been in. And I preached this sermon. I mean, the Lord gave me this word on Thursday. Why? Because this week is the first. The first of the week. How scary is that for some of you? It's scary for our church. It might be scary for you. It means that not only is the first coming in the first week of the month and the rent is due, but it means that now we're in August. And guess what happens? Oh, no, school's about to start. And I, I got to pay for books and I have to pay for shoes and school supplies and they need this and they need that, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to even buy their uniforms and, and provide for my children. You see, a lot of us are under this financial time of chaos and stress. And you, buy, you start thinking to yourself, how am I going to survive? How am I going to make it? God will always make a way. even when it makes no sense how. God is not going to let you down. And it's not going to make sense. But God says, I'll never abandon my children. When I read this passage, I realized that sometimes the provisions of God make absolute no sense. Because I want you to notice that this was a time of famine. This was a time of drought. There was no water. It was vital to get water. And God tells Elijah, Elijah, I want you to go to the brook of Cherish. 
east of the Jordan River. Now, I want to explain something to you, but when there's no water and you're looking for water, the last place you look for is in a brook. You go to the river, right? The river is a lot larger. The river is a lot deeper. The river flows a lot more. The chances of finding water are in a river, not a brook. So why would God command Elijah to go to a brook? If anything, the brook would run dry the fastest. The brook would get empty the quickest. But God doesn't tell him, I want you to go to the Jordan River because it's bigger, it's mightier, there's more water there. God says, I want you to go to the place that you least find water. The place that is at the highest risk of running dry. Why? Because when I provide for you, you're going to know it was me. You're not going to give credit to a river. You're not going to give credit to a job. You're not going to give credit to a government. You're going to give credit and glory to God. So God will often line you up for a miracle in unlikely places. So there is Elijah. Okay, I'm going to the brook. I don't know why I'm going to the brook. That's the last place you would ever go to find water. See, what God is first trying to teach us this morning it's his power to provide in unlikely ways, in the most unlikely of places, in the most unlikely of times. Because God is not restricted by time or place or situations. Not only was God teaching Elijah what he's teaching our church, I will provide in ways you never thought of. But I believe the Lord was testing him. Let me prove that to you. Let's go back to verse 2 to 4. Remember, there's a time of famine, chaos, stress, financial stress, pressure, etc. And here's a thing that verse 2 says. Then the word of the Lord came. Let's, let's say that together. Then the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came to him. One of the most difficult times Elijah was in. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, verse 3, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Kerith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook because I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now we read it and we're like, okay, but let's get real. God just told them, go to the most unlikely place you're going to find water. And I promise you, Elijah, a bird's going to feed you every day. And I'm saying, look, things are so tough right now, I think I might eat the bird. That's just me. But during this crazy time, God tells them not only to go to the most unlikely place for water, to find water, but God says, oh, when it comes to food, I'm going to make sure a raven every day and every night comes and feeds you. So God originally was the inventor of DoorDash. This was it. This was Uber Eats. He's like, don't you worry. You don't have to go out anywhere. You don't have to look for anything. It's going to come literally at your doorfront. The word of the Lord sometimes makes no sense. Amen? But God was testing him like he's testing us. Will you trust my word over your circumstances? Will you trust my word over your emotions? Would you trust my word over your opinion and logic? Would you trust my word over what's happening in the world right now? And I know it's impossible. And I know it seems unlikely. But Elijah, would you trust my word? when it makes no sense? Will you trust my word when life is just at its worst? 
Elijah went to the brook, the Bible says. Elijah didn't say, well, Lord, I think the Jordan might be a little better, because sometimes we give our opinions to God, and, and let's be honest, in the, in the eyes of God, our opinions mean nothing. Well, I thought maybe, maybe this place is better. Maybe we should go over here. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we're most likely to be safer here. Listen, Elijah went to the brook, didn't ask God why, didn't ask God how long, didn't ask God when, didn't say, God, this makes no sense. Everyone's going to the Jordan. The Jordan's where it's at. The Jordan's where the water's at. The Jordan is where we're going to find more food and shelter and provision. He said, Lord, it makes no sense. I've never seen a bird feed a human before, but I will... Do it. And wouldn't you know, church, as Elijah goes to the brook, a little tiny small brook, he found water. And for years, Elijah stayed in that little brook and water kept coming. And for years, every morning and every night, that raven showed up to give him food. When I read that, I realized one important truth that sometimes we need to be reminded of. But Elijah experienced the supernatural power of God's provision. And Elijah realized that the Word of God will never fail. And when God says, go there because there's going to be water and a bird to feed you, don't be surprised that when you go there, there's water and a bird is feeding you. The Word of God never fails. It has not failed me. It has not failed this church. It will not fail you. And whatever the Word of God says, it will happen. So let me remind you of some things God says that never fail. Matthew 6, 31 through 32. The Bible says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? You notice, Matthew, he's speaking in the future tense because there's nothing more frightening than the unknown of your future. And some of you, this is how you think. Some of you, this is how you act. This is how you talk. What's going to happen? What if? What are we going to do? What if this happens? What do we do then? What if this doesn't happen? How am I going to do this? What's going to happen? What are you going to do? And your mind, you drive yourself into a worry. You drive yourself into so much worry that you can't enjoy your life anymore. You can't rest anymore. And you're always thinking about what's next. And worry. And God says, I'm telling you, this was Jesus saying this, do not worry. How many of you had at least one worry this week? You disobeyed the word of God. Oh, it's impossible not to worry. If it were impossible, God would not have told you not to do it. Do not worry. What are we going to eat? What are you going to wear? It's the first of the month. It's the first week of the month. What's going to happen? Notice what in verse 32 he says. These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. You know who worries? People who don't know God. Unbelievers out there of this church, those people out there without God right now, they're the ones worrying because they have no one to rely on. But we are God's children. We rely on God Almighty who says, when you are my child, I will not abandon you. You know what God says here? You know who worries? Unbelievers. People that don't know me. So many Christians are living like the world because all we do is live under stress and anxiety and worry all the time. And you're living like you don't know God. 
You're living like you don't serve God. And God says, these things dominate the thoughts. See, I want to know this morning, what is dominating your thinking? Is it thoughts of fear? Thoughts of worry? Thoughts of stress? Thoughts of what if? And what if that happens? And what if this doesn't happen? And what am I going to do? Does your thought dominate you with worry? But God says your heavenly father already knows all that you need. He knows what you need. In Philippians 4, 19, not only does God say, don't worry because I know what you need, but he says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory that's in Christ Jesus. Can we give God praise for a moment for that? Because he says, not only, not only do I know what you need, I will supply it. God is not there saying, well, I wonder what they need today. God knows you need something. God knows you need food, water, shelter. God knows your children need clothes for school. God knows we need to make rent in this church. God knows we need, you need to be healed. God knows what you are going through, and he knows what you need. And I'm grateful for a God that does not only know what I need, but he says I will meet your need. Because what's the point of knowing a need if you're not going to meet it? That's why God says, I'll meet it. I'll meet your needs according to my riches. So don't worry. Can I talk about my generic cereal now? It's my breakfast every single morning. This morning, I went to pour a bowl. And what's interesting about what happened this morning was that when I opened the box, the box was filled. I had just opened it. And the box is all the way filled. And because I know that this box is completely full, when I went to pour into this bowl, the thought never crossed my mind. I wonder if I have enough. What if I can't fill the bowl? What if I skip breakfast and then get a headache and then I can't preach and then someone gets, doesn't get saved and then they go to hell? You know, what if I can't eat? You know, when I saw how full this was, I just poured it in with no worry. Because I knew it had enough. And God says, put it back up there in Philippians 4.19. God says, don't worry about your life. God says, I know what you need. And God says, I will supply your needs according to my Riches. You know what God says? I'm going to meet your needs because I'm like this cereal box. Not only do I know what you need, but I have plenty to give. I'm giving you out of my resources. I'm giving you out of what I have. And God is not limited. God is full. God can snap his finger and give you what you need. So as believers, we don't live our lives wondering what's going to happen and what if, and I'm worried and I'm stressed, and what if I can't make it? God says, I want you to pour into this cereal bowl with no worry. Because when you look at God, he says, I have plenty. I'm giving you out of my resources. God doesn't run dry. God doesn't run empty. 
So God wants you to live your life daily, not worrying because you are trusting a God that says he is my source of provision. And that is a source that never fails. It's a source that never runs dry. It is a source that will always be there for me. So who am I to worry about my life when my God, notice he said, my God will supply my needs. And if you're living your life with worry, Your eyes are not on the Lord, but the circumstances of your life. Many of you are thinking right now, okay, pastor, I got it. I'm not going to worry anymore. God's going to meet my needs. God's going to do a miracle. God's going to provide. God's going to do it all for me. Pastor, thank you. Got it. I'm out. Let's go. Ended. I got this. Hold up. Because as I prayed through this sermon, I realized pastors only tell you half the truth of God's provision. You know what we say? God's going to provide. Don't worry. God's got you. God's going to give you more and above beyond what you imagine. God is going to give to you. God's going to take care of you. Don't worry. Is that true? You see, I looked at Elijah and I realized Elijah experienced the supernatural power of God's provision. Did he not, church? Say yes, pastor. All right. And then maybe you thought, wow, God's going to do to me what he did to Elijah. Is that right? Say yes, pastor. All right. Now let's put our thinking caps on, church. Would God have provided the supernatural miracle of water and the birds giving him food had he gone west to the Jordan? No. Say no, Pastor. God would not have done the miracle he had planned if Elijah would have defied God and done his own thing. And I can't lie to you. The provision and power of God's miracles for your life are limited to only those who are living in obedience. And we don't like to hear this in the church because you think God somehow is obligated to take care of you. No. The supernatural power and miracle of God's provision are for those who are walking in obedience. That makes things different now. If you want to experience the God, notice what verse 5 says. Let me just prove it to you. I don't like to just say something. I want to show you in the Word of God. Look at verse 5 with me. Verse 5 says it clearly. So he went and what? Did. And according to the Word of the Lord. The only reason that Elijah experienced the miracle and the power of God in his life is because Elijah submitted in authority to the Word of God. He did what the Lord told him to do. And many people, we want the provisions of God. And in order to experience the provisions of God, you have to be living in obedience. And many of us, we want the provisions of God, but we don't make God a priority in our lives. And we say, well, I want God to take care of me. I want God to bless me. I want God to feed me. I want God to do miracles. I want God to change my life, change my family, change my children, change my finances, change my health. I want God to bless me. Everyone does, but not everyone wants to live in accordance to the word of God. And in order to experience the power and provisions of God, like Elijah, you also have to do what Elijah did. Elijah did in accordance to the word of God. And let me prove it to you in Scripture. We all look at the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. 
And Luke chapter 15 talks about this prodigal child that left the father in disobedience and defilement. He went to the world to chase wild living. And notice what the Bible says. After he spent everything there was in a severe famine, by the way. Notice there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be what? Say it loud. In need. Why was he in need? Because he left the father who was his source of provision. The father didn't go over there and say, hey, Nino, do you have food? Do you have lunch? Let me take care of you, Papi. Do you have enough? No. The father said, you go ahead. You do what you want. You live in sin. You get away from me. You stop going to church. Stop reading the Bible. Go with those people you know you don't belong to. Go to the parties. Try the drugs out. Live in immorality and sexual sin. You go ahead and try everything you want. But when you are in need, you will be reminded that you're in need because you left me. Was he still a child of the father? Yes. But that child of the father could not experience the blessing of the father because that child was living away from the father. That's why I titled this message in position for provision. Because in order to see the provisions of God, you have to be in the right position to receive it. We prove it to you. So how quiet it gets. We all love this illustration. Oh, yes. God provides out of his source. I have nothing to worry about. He's going to meet my needs. He's going to meet everything I have. So the Lord's going to provide for me. It's true. He can. But in order for me to fill this bowl, Does it not have to be in the right position? I'm about to get you now. Because you say, Lord, provide for me. You have a limited, you have no limit to your resources. And God, you can change and you can provide and do miracles. And God says, I can, I have it all. Philippians 4.19. But if the bow is not in the right position. Would I be wise? Don't worry with me, I'm not going to mess it up. <laughs> I'm tempted to, but I'm not. <laughs> but if the, if the bow is not in the right position, would it be wise of me to still pour it out? It would not be wise to pour out into that bowl because the position of the bowl is off. And it would not be wise of God to pour into your life when you are in the wrong position in your life. And you're living far from God. You're living in sin. You're not living in accordance to the Word of God. But you still want his provision. You still want his protection. You still want him to serve and give to you. How dare we ask God for provision when we're in no position to ask for it? And that's the problem with church today. We preach the first half that says God has an unlimited amount of resources to give. But we fail to tell other people that there's another half to this provision. And that means you have to be in the right position to receive it. And when you're living in obedience and in accordance to the Word of God, you're already in the right position. But maybe you're like the prodigal and you're in need right now and struggling all the time. And you're, there's an emptiness. Man, I can never make it. I'm always struggling. I'm always so hard. Why, why is this happening? 
I dare you to examine yourself and see if you're in the faith. See if you're in alignment with God. See if that you really are obedient to God. Or could it be that you're being a prodigal lately? The provisions of God are poured out into a life of a believer when that believer is in the right position. And it's easy to look at Elijah and say, wow, God fed him. He must be able to feed me. God did a miracle. He'll do a miracle in my life. God changed the circumstances for Elijah. God's going to change mine. No, because many people want what Elijah experienced, but they don't want to do what Elijah did to receive it. He went away from the Jordan River, which looked a lot better, and went outside to the east alone, obeying God. Why? Because if you want to know where obedience is, obedience is a lonely place. Not everyone's doing it today. Not everyone is living it. And if you want to see and experience the supernatural provisions of God, what position are you in right now? Because maybe you're not in position to receive it because you're living in disobedience like the prodigal and you're outside of God's will. Let's turn a corner here for a minute. Verse 7. Elijah is experiencing the supernatural provisions of God. He's in the right position. He's in the will of God. He's living in obedience. The Bible said it happened. After a while, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So for years, Elijah is seeing the raven. He probably named the raven already. He saw him every morning, every night. It was his companion. He saw the water flowing. But see, the Bible says, after a while, the brook ran dry. Say that with me. After a while, the brook ran dry. Elijah, the brook ran dry. Elijah wasn't angry, though. Elijah wasn't stressed. Elijah wasn't worried. Come on, church, has your brook ever run dry? Pastor, what do you mean by that? Have you ever been in a place in your life that, you know, Elijah woke up every day and he was thankful for the little things. I'm thankful for the water. I thank you for the bread, Lord, and the meat. I thank you, Lord, for your provisions. It's great. But, but see, as Elijah was eating the food and drinking the water, you know what Elijah noticed? He said, man, the, the, the water line's lower than yesterday. And every day Elijah woke up the water is receding. And maybe Elijah said, no big deal, the Lord, okay. But then, days later, he noticed it was going down. And down. And then it hit a critical, critical line. And that critical line is where most people start freaking out. It goes something like this. Um, Okay, my, I'm running out of time. Ever been there? Maybe that's your brook today. I'm running out of time. And the months are going by and nothing's changed. I'm running out of time. And every time I think it's going to happen, it doesn't. And I'm running out of time. And some of you, your brook is your bank account. You literally look at it and every day it just goes down. Your savings, your retirement, your 401 is going down. And down, you're like, okay, uh, nothing's changing, God. I'm, I'm, not, I'm a little worried right now. Maybe you're running out of patience. The brook runs dry. It's going worse and worse and worse. Maybe it's okay, Pastor. Uh, it's, the end, it's the end of the month. The rent is due. I'm short. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm seeing it run down. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sicker and sicker. And I thought God would have healed me by now. But I, I went to the doctor and they told me that it got worse. It spread more. And, and the brook's running drier and drier. And my savings is going down. My account is draining. And it, now it's, it's getting serious right now. 
you know, you're in a critical line because you say, Lord, if you don't do anything right now, it's over. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my house. It's over. I'm not going to make it. Let me ask you again. Have you ever been in a place in your life where your brook has run dry? It's scary, isn't it? When Elijah's brook ran dry, he didn't get angry, afraid. He didn't get stressed. He didn't get worried. And I said to myself, wait a minute. I know my church. And if our church was in that brook running dry, they would say, Pastor, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What's going to happen? You see, as a church, our brook has run dry many times. They say, Pastor, what are we going to do? You know what I'm always going to tell you? I don't know. No idea. I don't know. I'm not worried about it, though. And I said to myself, Lord, teach us what Elijah knew that kept him so calm when the brook ran dry. Some of you might be calm if the brook's running dry, but the majority of you here at Forward, when the brook runs dry, you go crazy. You lose sleep. You get stress. You get angrier. You're just worried all the time. And I realized what Elijah was teaching us. If you're in a position where your brook has run dry, Elijah never trusted in the resource but he trusted in his higher source. You say, well, pastor, that's a nice tweetable thing. What does it mean? Let me explain to you. Because when that brook ran dry, Elijah wasn't stressed out or, or tired or afraid or worried or anxious or angry or any of that because Elijah never relied and trusted in the brook the brook was only a resource by which God provided. But the brook was never his source of provision. The source of provision was always God through the brook. So when the brook ran dry, Elijah did not worry because the brook was never his source of security. His source of security was always the higher source, which was God providing through the brook. So when the brook runs dry, he stays calm because he knew the brook was just a resource, but it was not the ultimate source. Let me illustrate it this way for you. Last week, my battery was drained. It's my boat battery. It was drained. I needed to recharge it. Every time the battery drains, I go home, and I use this battery charger. The battery charger connects to the battery. And now because of this little resource... I'm able to see it get recharged. So now this battery is getting what it needs through this resource, the charger. But see, in reality, when I started thinking about this, I realized that, you know, God knows what you need, the Bible says. And some of you, you need the Lord to meet your needs. And the Lord meets our needs through resources. That's why tomorrow you need to get up and go to work and not say, I'm going to trust the Lord to pay my rent. No, you got to get up and go to work. You have a job. Why? Because it's a resource. But this resource, though a blessing, is connected 
I have to plug it into a higher source of power. If this resource is not plugged in to the higher source, this resource is useless. So the only reason that that resource is able to do what it's doing is because it is connected to a higher power. And let me explain to you why Elijah was so calm. Because he knew that the brook was just a resource. But that brook was supplying water because of the higher source, God. So when God takes away the resource, you say, I'm not worried about it. I'm still connected to a higher source. But see, people that worry, they say, well, what am I going to do if I lose my job? You know what you're telling God? That job is God. That job is the reason I can live. That job is the reason I can retire. That job is the reason I have food on the table. That job is the reason I can pay my bills. No, that job is just a resource. The reason you're able to be provided for is not because of that job, but because of God who gave you that job. So many people make resources their God. So when that little resource goes away or fails you, you live with stress and worry and anxiety because ultimately you have forgotten that everything you have in your life and all the blessings and resources have been provided for, have been provided by a higher source named Jehovah Jireh, my God is my provider. The source of your power in this life, the source of your strength, the source of your provision and peace and joy is not a resource. It's the ultimate source. It's God. So let me close with this. This is why Elijah was never worried why he was never stressed. Because when the brook ran dry, he never relied on it. He knew that the reason that brook was able to provide water and food is because God was directing it. God was in control of it. But so many people, so many Christians are tired and stressed and worried because you've made a resource your God. You say, well, what, what happens if I lose my job? You still have a higher source. Well, what happens if I lose my house? You still have a higher source. Well, what happens if my children leave me? You still have a higher source. But what happened if they walk out of me? What happened if they die? What happens if I don't have them? You still have a higher source of power. Your source of strength should never be anything that God has given you. Your source of strength should always be God. So that when the brook runs dry, you stay confident. When the brook runs dry, you say, God is still has a plan. God is still in control. When the brook runs dry, I'm not going to live with worry or fear or anxiety because I know that when the brook runs dry, I still have a higher power who's providing all my needs according to his riches and which I am in position for. But so many Christians, we were just living with stress because the reality is, we rely too much on the resources. But all the resources you have in your life only work through God. So don't ever, ever, ever tell any person, I'm nothing without you. Don't you go into, hi, Poppy, without you, I'm nothing. Listen. He said, I love you, I appreciate you, but the day I don't got you, I'm going to be okay.
Stop thinking, oh my, oh, there's job losses and this and that and what's going to happen and there's rumors at work that are going to lay off. You say, okay, God, when the brook runs dry, you're still God. When the brook runs dry, you still got a plan. When the brook runs dry, I'm still your child. When the brook runs dry, God is still working. But we forget and we make our little resources our gods, do we not? Every little resource you have only works through God. So I sit down and say, okay, God, money's tied in church. I've given 13 years of my life to this. I have sacrificed with my family so much. This is all we have. And the Lord said, stop right there. This is not all you have. I'm all you have. So I said, well, what, 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 if, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if the brook runs dry? God is still God. God is still God. Does it matter what's going on in the world? Church, are you connected to a higher source of power? So in verse 8 through 15, Elijah, the brook runs dry. And guess what happened the second the brook ran dry? The word of the Lord came. See what God did there? What used to work wasn't working. The brook ran dry. And the second it ran dry, God's word came. Because when your brook runs dry, you better hold on to the word of God. And the word of God came to him. And I pray that when your brook runs dry, the word of God will come to you and remind you that he is your higher source. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, which dwells there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And she was going to get it, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So he said, As the Lord your God, notice what she said, As the Lord your God lives, I don't have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin a little oil in a jar. I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for I myself and my son that we may eat and die. What a downer. Que dramatica, right? You're gonna die. After Elijah said to her, notice what Elijah said to her. Don't fear. Some of you need to hear just that. Don't fear. Go and do as you said. But make me a small cake for it first. Bring it to me. And afterward, make some food for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So he went away and did according to the word of Elijah. She went away. And she and he and her household ate for many days. I can't have you leave this morning without knowing this part of the story. The brook ran dry. The word of God came. As soon as it ran dry, the word of God came to Elijah. Go to Zarephath. There's a, wid a woman there. She's a widow. Her husband's dead. She's going to, I have get, told her that you're going to be there. She's going to feed you. You notice that when the brook ran dry, God already had a plan. Come on, church. God already had a plan. Before the brook 
even ran dry, God was already directing this woman, I want you to go feed my child Elijah. You see, this is the word the Lord has to you. Before your book, your brook even ran dry, already was making provision. I already had a plan. I already was working behind the scenes. You didn't even know it, Elijah. But before the brook even ran dry, I already prepared everything to work for your favor. Before you went through whatever you're going through right now, God already had a provision. Right now, you might be seeing your brook run dry. Church, I promise you, God has a plan. And I tell you today what this woman needed to hear. Don't be afraid. Some of you, you're like this woman. You think the end is coming. She said, I'm going to die. Don't you realize that not only did she not die when she thought she was going to die, but the Lord blessed her beyond what she thought she would never be able to be blessed with? So some of you, whatever you're afraid of right now, you're fearing the worst, and the worst may not even happen, but God will surprise you to give you more than you asked for. And Elijah goes and he, he says, okay, Lord, just like before, there was no water, but I went to the brook and the brook had water and the, the birds fed me and now the brook's dry. You told me to go over here and now instead of a bird, you're using a woman. She's going to feed me, a widow. I don't know how a widow's going to feed me because if anything in the Bible, widows were always in need themselves. So again, why did God command Elijah to go to a widow? Well, just like the brook, God will always provide in means you never thought of in ways you never imagined. And Elijah goes and says, oh, there she is. There's the widow. All right, I guess she's going to feed me. And when Elijah gets there, can you see it with me? Elijah knocks on the door. Hey, I'm Elijah. I'm the guy that God, you know, told you about to feed me. I know things are crazy, right? But where's, where's dinner? And she walks outside and she says, you listen to me. I don't know why God told you I would feed you, but I can't even feed myself. I can't even feed myself. And I'm going to die. Can I tell you, if I was Elijah, what I would be thinking? Can I be honest? I'd say, okay, lady, hold. can you hold for a minute? I would have gone back and said, okay, God, God, we got a problem. God, we got a problem. Um, you told me to leave my little brook, that little nice paradise I had. And you told me, God, to... To, to go to Zarephath and you said that there was a woman that was going to feed me and in my mind it was going to be amazing but Lord homegirl says she ain't even got no food and if I were Elijah I would be thinking man did, did I hear right was it right to leave the brook? Was it right? Did I really hear from God? Maybe I didn't because I, I'm here and she doesn't even have food. Maybe I didn't hear it. Maybe it was the devil. The devil got me. The devil wanted me to leave the brook. Oh God, what, what do I do? You see, have you ever thought maybe you didn't hear from God because the circumstances of your life do not match the promises of his word? I've been there. But you know what Elijah did? Elijah said, no, I know I heard God. And he said, in faith, he said, woman, don't you be afraid. Because God is going to feed us both. Because thus says the Lord, the Lord told me you were going to feed me. And I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care who died. I don't care that you're a single mother. I don't care the economy's bad. I don't care what we're going through. I know that if God said you're going to do it, well, then you're going to do it. Now get in that kitchen. Oh, all right. All right, Mr. Prophet. 
eventually the flower kept flowing like the brook. And she's thinking, Why, how is this possible? Because stand to pray today. You walked into this church worried. Maybe you're eating generic cereal too. I'm with you. With every head bow, every eye closed today. I want to pray. I want to pray a lot today. I want to pray for our church. I want to pray for you because all of us have needs. And if you're in a need right now, I'm talking about you're in a need. Your brook is running dry. Would you put that hand up today? Say, Pastor, I'm running dry right now. God bless you. Would you take God at his word? Say, Lord, you said you will supply my needs according to your riches. Some of you can't receive this word right now because you know you're in no position for provision because you're living in sin. You're not living right with God. So I would imagine that right now you're saying, Pastor, I know that I need, I'm in need right now like the prodigal, but I know that I'm in need and I'm struggling because I'm in disobedience with the Lord. And I just want to remind you today that the prodigal son came to his senses and he repented and turned and went back to the father. And if that is you this morning, come to your senses. Repent of your sins and turn back to God who's waiting to pour into your life again. Maybe your brook has run dry this morning. And you're in a place of fear and worry. And I pray that today this message the Lord brought to our church will remind us that we are connected to a higher source of power. So never make a resource the ultimate source of your life because the ultimate source in your life should always be God and only God and will always be only God. Let's pray together as a church today. I want to lead anyone here this morning saying, Pastor, I'm the one that has, I'm in no position for, for provision because I'm a prodigal. I'm far from the Lord. I spent everything I had in this world and it's left me in need. And I'm in need today because I know the Lord can't bless me. I'm in no position to receive provision. you're saying right now, Lord, I've come to my senses. It's just not worth it. The world is not worth it. Sin is not worth it. Doing it my way is not worth it because I guarantee you, church, the Jordan River will always look better than any brook God commands you to be in. And everyone loves the Jordan River. The Jordan River is nicer, bigger, fancier. Everyone's at the Jordan. What a picture of the world. But that Jordan River will leave you empty and dry. But if you live your life in obedience with the Lord, it might be not what you imagined or what you desired. It may not look so pretty, but I guarantee if you align yourself in the will of God, that little brook will always be enough to give you peace, enough to bring you joy, enough to give you purpose, enough to give you everything that the world cannot. And if that's you today, you're saying, Pastor, I'm that prodigal, then I would encourage you today to come to your senses, repent of your sin, and turn back to God. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, God, I'm in your will. I know I'm doing my best to live according to your word, but my brook is running dry. See, when the Lord allows things to happen, it's because he always has another plan. And God has a plan for what you're going through right now. But don't you leave this church this morning worried about your life anymore. 
but understand that you are connected to a higher source of power. You guys received this this morning. Don't you let the devil lie to you and say, not you. Church, do you receive this word this morning or is it just another empty speech you got this Sunday? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. Father, your word can pierce through our sin. Your word can pierce through our anxiety. Father, these are tough times we're living in. And some people have come to this church and their brook is running dry. And some people have come to this church and they're just thinking about what's next, what's going to happen. But Father, I believe you came to this church this morning, our little church, our little brook, to say, I have a plan. I'm still God. I'm still in control. And even though right now you're living in obedience, Lord, sometimes what your word says doesn't look like what it looks like in our lives. But like Elijah, when it doesn't look like what you said, help us to speak your word always into our circumstance. And give us the faith Elijah had to tell this woman, you will do what you say. So, Father, I pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. Be evident in our lives. And, Father, make a way and provide, I pray, for our personal needs and our need as a church. Father, I pray and denounce any demonic lie that the worst is going to happen. And in Jesus' name, Father, we need a miracle. Come on, would you tell God, I need a miracle. We need a miracle of provision, a miracle of healing. We just need a miracle. Well, thank God you serve a God who's in the business of miracles. Amen? In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you guys. Come on. Give God some praise. You guys can have a seat. How many of you were blessed by that word? I know I was. I know. Come on. I declare that this will be the end of generic cereals and the real stuff's coming soon. Amen. <laughs> amen.